Food is about people and places and moments in time. This is a Chef Demoni snapshot with your host, Graham McLennan. Welcome back to Chef Demoni, or if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. It is October on the west coast of Canada. It's in fact a beautiful, sunny Thanksgiving Monday, and I'm delighted that we're together today, even if just for a short while. This is a quick episode giving a snapshot of a great restaurant in my hometown of Thunder Bay, which I visited just last month. This episode is also officially the start of season five of the Chef Timoni podcast. And basically, if you're new here, Chef Timoni is a podcast about food. I mostly interview chefs and food-loving lawyers, and that's just because I love the food scene and I've worked as both a cook and a lawyer over the years. So those are the people I know. But full disclosure about the season, I am about to head out of town for a few weeks, so there will be some time passing before the next episode comes out and before the season really gets rolling. More on where I'm headed at the end of today's show. But for right now, let's go to Thunder Bay in northwestern Ontario to the wonderful Tomlin restaurant on Red River Road. And let's go right into the dining room at about 3 p.m. on a very busy Wednesday just before the restaurant opened for dinner service. My guest is Chef Steve Simpson, who is the head chef and co-owner of this fantastic restaurant. We talk about the pandemic, of course. We talk about local food suppliers in and around Thunder Bay. And we talk about some other Tomlin operations, including what I'm really looking forward to, a Detroit-style pizza shop that will be arriving soon. Steve and I also dive into one of his surprising favorites from the Tomlin menu. And, and this part of our discussion actually will help explain the name of this episode. All right, I want to get right to it. Join me in Thunder Bay for my talk with Chef Steve Simpson of Tomlin Restaurant. Chef Steve Simpson, thank you so much for meeting on, I know it's a busy Wednesday. My wife and I were here last night, joined you for drinks and dinner. It was very busy on a Tuesday. I hear Wednesdays are busier. Thanks for making time pre-service. Thanks for being on Chef Timoni. Yeah, no, my pleasure. This is great. Can you just give us a little window into what it's been like opening back up? We were chatting just before we started recording and you were saying that it's been, I guess just coming up on a month, you opened up August 10th. What, what has the reopening been like here at Tomlin? Honest answer is unsustainably busy. It's definitely far exceeded our expectations upon reopening, even with the limited seating numbers. We're generally breaking every record we've ever had for a night daily at this point still. I don't see that continuing. I just think that Thunder Bay was very excited and very, you know, looking forward to supporting us. So we're super, super grateful, but we don't actually envision it staying this crazy forever. (laughs) Quite this crazy. Well, I was going to ask this question a little bit later, but I'll I'll bump it up now. Can you tell me about the support that you and your team here at Tomlin has received through the pandemic? What, What has the guest reaction been like And how or has your business model adapted, I'm sure it has, to account for the pandemic? So so guests and any changes the pandemic has brought to you? I think the 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 major first thing we saw is we did uh, just a little bit of a like T-shirt and gift card campaign in the early stages uh, stages of the of the uh, pandemic, and we really didn't know what to expect at all as far as support goes. But we knew we had to try something and let people know that we weren't sort of just happy to disappear. Um, and at that point, the subsidies and the details of them hadn't really been announced. So 
we couldn't really risk operating takeout only not knowing how that would go yet and not knowing how that government support was actually going to assist us at that stage. So all we had to do was we thought we could try T-shirts and gift cards, and the response was just completely overwhelming. We had to place a reorder like 12 hours into it going live because we knew we weren't going to have near enough to, to actually fulfill what we were getting in for orders. So Thunder Bay has been aggressively supporting us since this happened. After that t-shirt campaign, uh, the next thing we did was a little variety store at our cocktail bar around the corner. We just opened up the big front window and treated it like a sort of half outdoor, half indoor variety store and sold, you know, burger kits, charcuterie, dry-aged steaks, that sort of thing, cocktails to go. And uh, the same thing, it was just the original outpouring of support was just far beyond what we ever dreamed. I think in the first three day, like we were only doing three day weeks and in the first three day week we had we sold like 2200 burger patties wow. so we had kind of assumed that maybe we made about like 800 and thinking that that'd be good for the first two weeks that we ran out the first day and uh you know we thought we'd be able to bring a few people back to work with a little store and we were actually able to bring pretty much everybody back right away and then going into that after the store was done we were able to open for you know, a month or two of dining in the restaurant. And then the third wave hit and the staff voted to switch to takeout only to feel safer. So that's when we pivoted to takeout only. And and the same thing happened. The initial response was just this massive outpouring of support to the point where, you know, we we were breaking every sales record we had for, you know, obviously not overall sales with it just being takeout, but as far as, you know, menu items, records, burgers sold on a Tuesday, that sort of thing, it was just a a crazy outpouring of support. But at the same time, like all those things that aren't really your real identity as a restaurant, like there's an, you know, there's an initial huge boom, but there's no sustainability to it. It it fizzles out. So we were always eager that no matter how well those things were going, we knew that like we had to get back to being us for anything that was going to be sustainable business-wise. That makes sense. I'm so, and I'm so glad to hear that uh, about the reaction that you've had from the community in Thunder Bay. Although I've got to say I'm not surprised because, you know, I've been away for many years, but I grew up here. I come back regularly and I still have a lot of friends here on the ground. And I know the passion with which people view your restaurant. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that they wanted to make sure it's still around and, <laughs> and they're really happy it's back. How has it been on the staffing side coming through the pandemic and you know, chefs I talk to in other cities, it's, it's really tough to staff up a restaurant these days. Are you, are you facing those challenges here? So we always end up being extremely lucky when it comes to this, and that hasn't changed now. As far as restaffing, we kept, I'd say, 95% of our entire employee base around and working through the pandemic in, in some, you know, varieties of weird ways just to keep everyone working. But uh, as far as staff goes, we didn't really lose many other than, you know, there was, one, you know, one sous chef was always planning on leaving to go and pursue farming. So that, that you know, that happened in due course as it was always going to. Sure. And then, you know, we are starting to try and hire new staff now, but a lot of that is because of our new project subdivision starting up and the need for me to not be, I can't be here five days a week and get that up and going. So we're hiring for that reason as well. But as far as the pandemic, we didn't lose people. And then when it came to hiring, you know, a few new servers because some of ours had now 
had finished university throughout the pandemic and they're still on board, but now they can't work five. They got to work two or three sort of thing. But we ended up, you know, getting amazing hires both in the kitchen and in the front of house. And we just always seem to find a way to like luck out and fall into these great people. So that continued. <laughs> that, is, that is so heartwarming to hear and unusual. So I'm, I'm glad for you and knocking on wood, may it, may it continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I really do want to keep the focus on Tomlin, but I've got to ask subdivision. I hear of Chantrell. Am I right? So, and maybe just tell us what else you got going. Yeah. So, uh, as far as the Chantrell goes, the Chantrell is not actually us. Tomlin Catering is another division of like our company that is the sole food and beverage provider within Chantrell. So we have a partnership with the Chantrell, and it's sort of like an, an exclusive arrangement. So we have an entire catering staff over there that's run by a really close friend of mine and someone who I've worked together with for 15 years plus. And so we have Tomlin Catering going, and that's where sort of House Street Barbecue came up throughout the summer as a pop-up. That was all with our catering staff and our Chantrell partnership. And then there's Barkeep Around the Corner, which is just a, a cute little cocktail bar, like 600 square feet. Uh, it's run by two of our original Tomlin managers. And then opening up sometime this, you know, late this fall will be Subdivision, which is going to be located within the uh, Lakehead Brewing Company space which is actually below Chantrell, so still a block over from the restaurant only, nice and close, below our Chantrell operations, and that's going to be like Detroit-style pizza, classic sort of New York, New Jersey sub shop vibes, and, uh, you know, fun little bar snacks. Fantastic. I can't wait to check it out. Well, let's, let's bring it back to Tomlin. Let's bring it to the food. Can, and I'll just ask you, pick one or two things off the menu. There's one in particular that I want to talk to you about. We had it last night. Yep. Uh, and maybe, maybe you'll raise it. Uh, but pick, pick one or two of yours, and then, and then maybe I'll ask you about one. I think my favorites would probably always surprise people because I think generally most people would assume that, you know, chefs' favorite dishes on the menu are more than likely the fancier ones. Whereas for me, it's, if there's anything on the menu that I view as, like, my favorite item, it would definitely be, like, the grilled broccolini on toast. Um, that's, that's the dish. <laughs> yeah, okay, perfect. Um, I feel like, you know, we call... Anytime we create anything that sits on bread, we just call it gear on toast in the kitchen. And it's one... Like, other than, you know, charcuterie making and sausage making, it's sort of the one... Maybe not always constant, but always jumping back into the mix thing is having a gear on toast on the menu. And I think when we put that on the menu for reopening, it signified to all of us that we were actually open again. It was real because that's something we would never put on the takeout menu, obviously, for transport reasons. So that was, you know, not only do I love the dish, but it signifies that we're like actually open and it's real and it's Tomlin again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's so great to see. And it was so delicious. My wife and I both loved it. Can you walk us through a little bit, uh, not asking you to give away any trade secrets, but, mm-hmm. but how do you build it from the bread up? As far as it, it's, it's, it's easier than you'd ever suspect is the honest answer. Our pastry chef, Megan, who actually does all of the baking out of the Chantrell kitchen, as they've got much bigger ovens than we do, obviously. She makes the bread. We just grill it on the plancha, like in olive oil, so it gets really, really crispy. The base is really, really slow roasted eggplant to the point where it completely breaks down and we whip it with equal parts ricotta and eggplant so we kind of call it eggplant ricotta so it's not really ricotta flavored with eggplant it's it's equal parts and then it's just uh, like blanched grilled broccolini with something that we're calling Italian exo which is uh, something our chef de cuisine Joe came up with which is essentially a reimagining of exo sauce which is a really old and really delicious Chinese condiment that's generally based on mostly dried fish and seafood. So we've reimagined it with Italian ingredients. So it's, you know, prosciutto, copa, 
um, some cacciatorini sausage, anchovy, that sort of thing. So it's, it's all those super umami flavors that you'd expect from the dried fish Chinese version, but with Italian cured meats. And then just a few of the really great tomatoes that we get from De Bruins Greenhouse in town. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. It, it really comes together well. And that leads me to the next question I wanted to ask you about relationships with suppliers. Mm. And De Bruins is one, I know I remember going out to their greenhouses years and years ago, like a whole bunch of years ago. Who are, maybe pick one or two suppliers that you're really happy to be working with and, and how do those connections work here in Thunder Bay where, you know, unlike Vancouver where we are now or near to Vancouver, it's a, it's a shorter growing season here, right? But, oh, yeah. you're, but you're still getting some amazing produce. Yeah. There's quite a few really great local partners we've got. Obviously, we haven't been able to do the same amount of business with them this year as we would have normally just because we spent most of our summer in takeout only mode and I don't think they were taking restaurants completely into their sort of offerings this year not knowing the status so we've done as much as we could and and they've been really great at trying to find some stuff we can buy from them but as far as like you know our favorite suppliers like de bruins has been a long time one their tomatoes are really great their herbs are amazing Baloo's farms is is uh really great to deal with not just for their own produce but they also run a website called superior seasons where they essentially distribute for a ton of other local farms like Root Cellar Gardens and Pitch Creek Farm and all these other great places to get produce. So you can place an online order through Baloo's that sources not only their own produce, but produce from around town. And it's been really helpful to get some of these smaller farms into restaurants where they can't justify just delivering you carrots. But if Kevin's got the carrots from Pitch Creek already, and then he's got Swiss chard from Root Cellar, and then he's got cilantro from another farm, then I can order it all through him and then also grab potatoes from him at the same time. Right, right. So that's been huge. And then, uh, you know, Sandy Acres has always been our favorite place to buy local pork. Scott and Peter have been doing such an awesome job there. And not only do they do a really great job with pigs, they, they actually breed their own pigs there. It's not just purchasing a feedlot pigs and raising them. They're actually breeding pigs there, and uh, they've actually been experimenting with Wagyu beef as well. Like, oh, wow. They've only got two full-blood full Wagyus total, but uh, the ones they did, they sold us all the ribs and strip loins off of, so we were able to dry age it and do like really fun little Wagyu steak nights here at the restaurant with uh, local products. But uh, and then other than that, like you know, eat the fish is another huge one. But the re- the realistic answer is I'm probably missing another ten that we're super sure. close with, and yeah. I'm just forgetting. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. But that is a hu- that's a huge number already. And again, really heartening to to hear about. And and this is actually a transition to to what I want to be my final question to you. What is it? Because you know, there's a lot of focus on big city and fine dining and all that kind of thing. But you've always been quite clear, as I understand it, that you wanted your you wanted to build your career in Thunder Bay. You wanted to build your your business in Thunder Bay. So, what is it about? It's not a small town, but it's a smaller town. Yeah. What what is it about smaller town life that draws you? That made you want to set up shop here? I think a big part of it is just a for the personal reasons of I like to travel and it is really hard to be a chef and also be able to have enough money to travel living in a larger city. But uh, a big part of it was just when I grew up cooking in Thunder Bay, the idea was that like when you're ready to get serious about cooking, you left Thunder Bay. And that was essentially the only option other than the hotels, which had at the point where I was now starting to sort of get to the point where I was becoming an adult and ready to make decisions. The hotels were now sort of not quite what they were anymore. Uh, they've been doing great again lately, but, you know, there was a, a bit of a dip for all restaurants and hotels in Thunder Bay. And I just didn't really like the idea that there was one way to succeed being a cook from Thunder Bay and it was to leave Thunder Bay. 
So that's when I sort of turned my attention towards trying to create an environment where cooks that were serious about cooking could stay here and live here and not have to sort of give up certain aspects of what they were striving for in their careers. And that's kind of what led us to open Tomlin. I never had any intention to op- open our own restaurants ever. Like, if you could ask me now, you know, I would never, you know, I would never have considered opening a restaurant. It was never something I wanted, but it just became clear that to get that atmosphere that I wanted, someone had to be the first person to do it. To do and, it. and now I think there's a, a ton of great restaurants in town that people can work at and hone their skills and it, it makes Thunder Bay a way more desirable place to stay and work as a cook now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and way more desirable place to stay and live generally, right? Like it's, it's, it's really raised the bar the here. Hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Chef Steve, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking the time this afternoon and thanks in advance for what I'm sure is going to be our second delicious dinner with you here tonight. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. Appreciate it. And wouldn't you know it, we did indeed try to go back, but fair enough, Tomlin was super busy on that Wednesday. So my wife and I ended up having a great meal with our aunt and uncle at another wonderful Thunder Bay spot called Nook. Thanks, Chef Steve, for everything that you have done and continue to do for the culinary scene in Thunder Bay. You know, the word revolutionized is overused, but I think it's absolutely fair to say that Tomlin has revolutionized the restaurant scene in Thunder Bay to the benefit of locals, benefit of visitors, and of course, the benefit of people who want to work at a high level in the hospitality world and enjoy the beautiful surroundings of Northwestern Ontario. We will see you on our next trip to the old hometown. All right, briefly now, what is going on? And I say briefly because I've got to get going to the airport for a Thanksgiving Monday evening flight out of Vancouver. My wife and I are headed to Europe. Our first stop is Barcelona, and that will be followed by time in northern Italy, and in particular around Alba, where we will be in search of truffles and Barolo. It's been so long since I've been to Europe, and I can't wait to share with you some of our food experiences. Keep an eye on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested, and I will, of course, be in touch with the next episode of the podcast, the next episode in Season 5, after we've returned at the end of the month and and gotten our bearings again. In the meantime, thanks for being here for this episode of Chef Timoni. If you're enjoying the show, please do tell a food-loving friend about it. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please do. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I am on all three under the handle at Chef Timoni. On LinkedIn, you can find me under my name, Graham McLennan. And of course, you can always send me a good old-fashioned email, and those go to graham at chefdemoni.com. All right, that is all for this short start to season five. I hope to bring you some stories of truffles very soon. I'm Graham McLennan, and I'll see you later this fall, right here on Chef Timoni. Mm-hmm.